It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We're keeping our eyes on a major storm brewing in the Caribbean that's got its sights set on Florida. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn is tracking Hurricane Idalia for us. So what's the latest, Rob? Nathan and Karen, hurricane warnings in effect from the Tampa Bay area across the Florida panhandle this morning. A tropical storm warning in effect south of Tampa to southwestern Florida, all due to Idalia, which continues to move northward into the southeastern Gulf of Mexico. Idalia will be intensifying rapidly today and become a major hurricane with winds of 115 to 125 miles an hour by the time it's making landfall somewhere near Cedar Key tomorrow morning after sunrise. It'll then be working its way inland across Florida, weakening rapidly. So, Rob, who all could be affected by this storm and where does it track beyond Florida? Looks like the storm system is going to turn more northeast with time once it moves inland. It's likely to affect uh, portions of southern and central Georgia, as well as the Carolinas. But the threat there, rather than wind and storm surge, becomes rain. Uh, portions of the Carolinas likely to see four to six inches of rain from the system through Wednesday and Thursday before it moves off the coast of the Carolinas some point later this week. All right. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn will be checking back with you over the next few days for the latest on Hurricane Edalia. Well, Nathan, the storm is sure to have a major disruption on air travel down south, but passengers are also scrambling in Europe this morning. We get the details at Bloomberg's James Wilcock in London. James. Karen and Nathan, it's been called the worst failure in a decade for the UK's civil aviation computer system. The glitch on Monday saw more than 500 flights cancelled as carriers had to resort to planning flights manually. Add that chaos to one of the busiest summer holiday periods and we're seeing knock-on travel disruption and delays expected to affect air travel across the continent this week. In London, James Wilcock, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, James. Staying overseas, a strike is looming in Australia. Workers at two of Chevron's liquefied natural gas export plants will go on strike as soon as September 7th. The labor unrest comes at a time when global energy supplies are already squeezed. Well, in Asia, Nathan, geopolitics are in focus as Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo continues her visit to China. She spoke today with Chinese Vice Premier Holly Feng. We get more from Bloomberg's China government reporter Colin Murphy in Beijing. We definitely do detect this effort, at least, uh, to sort of you know display a shift in tone on the U.S. side, uh, emphasizing the importance of economic ties and how they can sort of influence political ties if they're well handled. So trade and transparency, emphasizing that the U.S. does not want to uh, stop or sort of set back China's uh, rise. So definitely a, an effort to shift the tone. Of course, the issue will be, uh, will it be accepted as such and will it be sustainable or is this just a, another effort to, to get ties back on track? 
Bloomberg's China government reporter, Colin Murphy, in Beijing, says Raimondo has met with several Chinese officials since arriving in Beijing on Sunday. And one other note out of Asia this morning, Karen. Bloomberg News has learned China's biggest state-owned banks are considering lowering deposit rates for at least the third time in a year as part of an effort to boost the economy and protect margins. Sources say Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, China Construction Bank, and other lenders may cut rates on local currency deposits by between 5 and 20 basis points. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, the Federal Reserve's head of bank supervision in San Francisco, which had oversight of lenders, including Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic Bank, will depart at the end of October. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. A San Francisco Fed spokesperson said Azera Bassi, the executive vice president of the Supervision and Credit Group at the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, will retire on October 31st. Abasi, along with San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly, came under scrutiny in March following the sudden collapse of SVB and other lenders. Those episodes revealed management shortcomings at the regional Fed outpost, which is responsible for the on-the-ground supervision of small and medium-sized banks. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Charlie. Ken Griffin Citadel is going all out in the battle for the world's brightest mathematical minds. While tens of thousands apply for the hedge fund summer internship, only a few are chosen. Bloomberg's Asia investing reporter Lulu Chen says the competition is fierce. Out of the 69,000 intern applications this year, fewer than 1% actually made it cut to the program. Almost without exception, these students boast titles and degrees from top schools in their regions, many holding math and computer science degrees. Some actually have math Olympiad gold titles under their belts. And Bloomberg's Lulu Chen says those who secure a place can expect to be well compensated, earning close to 20 k a month as interns. Well, we do have some healthcare news to tell you about this morning, Nathan. Walmart, Walgreens Boots Alliance, and CVS Health are rolling out new care options normally only available at doctor's offices. Testing and treatment services for strep throat, flu, and COVID-19 will now be available. The big chains are angling for a larger slice of healthcare spending as new state laws allow pharmacists to treat minor ailments. Analysts say this could save people time-consuming and expensive visits to the doctor. And it's 5.07 on Wall Street. Time now for look for at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Karen. Donald Trump's Washington trial over his efforts to overturn the 2020 election has been set for March 4th, the day before the Super Tuesday primaries. And now his legal team has one possible strategy to delay or avoid it altogether. They could tee up a high-stakes presidential immunity fight for the U.S. Supreme Court. Trump already lost immunity bid against civil litigation, but his appeal of that ruling has been pending for more than a year, offering a template for how he might try to postpone his Washington criminal trial. All classes canceled today at UNC and Chapel Hill after Monday's deadly shooting at the university. A faculty member was killed, prompting an hours-long lockdown of the campus there. Everyone was just panicking. People almost opened the door, and they were told not to open the door, and then finally we got evacuated. 
Well, police at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill say the suspected shooter is in custody. If you're not paying for an Amazon Prime membership, you'll have to spend more to get free shipping. Let's get more on that story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The company is testing raising the minimum spend from $25 to $35 in order to qualify for no-cost delivery. The change does not affect customers who are already paying for Prime membership, which can run you $14.99 a month or $139 a year. Amazon has been cutting costs across its business. This year, it scrapped free grocery delivery for Prime members on orders under $150. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Now, the man who became famous as Joe the Plumber has died. Samuel Joe Wurzelbacher got into the political spotlight after questioning Barack Obama about his economic proposals during the 2008 presidential campaign. He was a plumber in Toledo. It led to Republican challenger John McCain repeatedly citing Joe the Plumber in his presidential debate. He was 49 years old. His family said earlier this year he had pancreatic cancer. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. It is 5.09 on Wall Street. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John, good morning. Garen, the Seattle Mariners, hottest team in baseball, just had their 20th win in the month of August. That ties the club record for most wins in a month. They still have a couple of games remaining. Julio Rodriguez, the hottest Mariner of all. Here's the set and the 1-1 on the way to Julio. Swing and a drive deep into center field. Butler going back, looking up. Goodbye, baseball. Into the pen. Julio Rodriguez with his 24th home run of the season. Final was seven. I think Cairo had the call. Oh, Seattle's won 12 of the last 13. And Rodriguez recently had that stretch of 17 hits in a four-game stretch. He's raised his batting average 38 points to the month of August. Houston with a 13-5 round of the Red Sox in Boston. Big game for Jose Altuve. Came to the plate of the eighth inning in a home run to complete the cycle. And he homered. It's the ninth cycle in Astro history, the first in 10 years. The Orioles blew out the White Sox 9-0. The Nationals lost in Toronto 6-3. The Giants beat the Reds 4-1. U.S. Open opening day. Coco Goff on the court at Ash Stadium last night. Lost the first set, won the next two. Easy win for Novak Djokovic. He lost only five games. U.S. Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson will complete his roster. Announce it today. Six players are assured of a spot. He needs to pick six more. The Ryder Cup will take place in Rome in five weeks. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. The competition for the next crop of Wall Street interns is getting more and more fierce. In the search for top talent in the high-speed, quant-driven trading world, many apply, but few are chosen. And nowhere may that be more true than at Citadel Securities, the company that provides much of the plumbing on the modern-day Wall Street. For more on this and what it takes to be an intern on Wall Street these days, we're joined from Hong Kong by Bloomberg's Asia Investing Team Leader, Lulu Chen on this really amazing story on the terminal that you've written this morning, Lulu. Citadel vets 69,000 intern applicants to find the next math geniuses. Tell us more about what it takes to be an intern at Citadel these days, Lulu. It's pretty amazing how cutthroat these internship programs are, and at Citadel and Citadel Securities especially. Um, fewer than 1% of the applicants actually made it this year. I think it has to do with the complexity of what these companies are trying to do, both on the hedge fund side of the business, but also the market maker side, because um, to process the amount of trades that this company does, more than $460 billion a day, it's almost impossible to do this manually. You have have to write code and automate the process. And what they're trying to do is to find the arbitrage and hedge risks at, in the meantime, which is why they need this crossbreed of uh, wizards between math and computer science. Well, just that alone tells you how much different the intern experience is uh, compared to what a lot of Wall Street veterans uh, may have gone through in their time. Tell us a little bit more about what these interns are tasked to do once they make it through the door. Yeah, so the program is roughly 11 weeks, and the most important task for them is that they'll be given a big project, and these are real-life kind of projects, that problems that the company is facing. And by the end of it, they're supposed to do a 15-minute presentation showcasing to the company's team leaders how they managed to tackle these issues, what they plan to do if they were given the opportunity to work on it more and uh, given a hiring uh, a return offer. Um, also, they are trained to offsite for a few days at this five-star hotel um, in Hong Kong this year. They went to the Fullerton Hotel and they uh, were placed in these um, simulation training exercises where they role-played as hedge fund managers and also market makers. Um, so they pulled in simulated data, news feeds, and tried to write algorithm and automate the process for this. So it really gives them a taste of what it's like to work for these secret, often secretive uh, business um, and then also during the rest of the internship, they will be working side by side with the army of financiers at Citadel and Citadel Securities, who collectively made nearly $36 billion in revenue last year. So it's a grueling workload, but you mentioned that they're doing it at a five-star hotel. So they're getting pretty well compensated while they're doing all this as well, right? That's pretty eye-catching figures for uh, students at such a young age because the hiring process now goes takes place much earlier and is all year round. Um, companies like Citadel and their competing firms are are really going to campus recruiting at a much earlier stage. Um, also, it's not a one-off deal. They take a targeted approach through referrals and also a network of target network where they have a, a, a pretty much like a database of professors who they know who can groom talent that will succeed at Citadel. Um, so, you know, the 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 rewards are great, but I also think the competition is intense as well. 
So what's the uh, actual hiring rate for Citadel to get these interns? Because if they're looking for math and computer science background types, they've got to be competing not just with other Wall Street firms, but with major tech companies uh, to uh, attract this talent. Are all of these interns ending up getting hired at Citadel or are they moving on from the experience to uh, other companies that might want them? Most of the people that Citadel want to target usually have an offer from another firm. And you're exactly right. They're not just competing with Wall Street firms. It's with the big tech companies as well. Um, and there's only a finite pool of talent that have this kind of skill set, which is why Citadel also spares no resources to try to ensure the return of the people that they really want. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.